Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. And we are so blessed to be joined here today by Amir Yas, queer Muslim TikTok social media influencer and medium. Hi, Amir. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure. I'm so excited to meet you. I've heard so much about you from uh, Ambrosia, and I know you were on another friend of ours, um, Nike's podcast, and just have heard such amazing things. So I'm just so excited to get to meet you. And um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for our audience, anytime we have someone new on our show, we really just love to give them the floor to share a little bit about their background and their story and how they got to be doing what they're doing now. So we'd love if you could share a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Um, So I, you know, moved to LA when I was 18, you know, what do they call it? Bright eyed and bushy tailed. Um, And yeah, I was very delusional and I thought I was going to be a star. And so I started working as a publicist. I worked with all celebrities like Paris Hilton, Nicole Ritchie. I worked with Michael B. Jordan. I worked with Gwen Stefani. So 15 years later, I was still doing it in 2019. And I woke up one day and I was just like, you know what? Um, I know uh, behind Ambrosia, it says, watch me bloom. And I was literally like, I'm not blooming. I'm just kind of being stagnant. And I was really good at it. And that's the thing that I always tell people. I'm like, just because you're good at being a doctor or a lawyer or a businessman or a publicist like me, doesn't mean you should be doing that. That's not your life's calling just because you're good at it. Everyone said, well, Amir, you're so good at it. You're so talented. But I wasn't reaching my full potential. So I quit at the height of a really good job and I was getting paid really well. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'll quit when I hate a job. I didn't hate the job. I just knew it wasn't right for me. Um, So stepping away from that was scary. I mean, it was really hard to pay my rent. But honestly, like, when you step into your, like, who you are, the universe, like, I always, I remember one time I was $100 short. And then one of my friends called out of the blue, like, from two years ago and was like, I owe you $100. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) So I really believe in that. I believe in all of that stuff. So yeah, two years later, I've, you know, amassed a certain following and people are like, oh my God, you're so lucky. No, there's no luck. It's 99% of work and it's 1% of being in the right place at the right time. I knew everybody in Hollywood and everybody closed the door behind me. So I've opened all of those doors myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't say that to be flippant. It's just the truth. So I think that really what I want people to walk away from when they come on my page or even listen to this podcast is that it's going to be hard, but if it's easy, then other people would do it as well. So like, (laughs) yeah. Like it's not rocket science. That is such a good point because I feel like, especially in the spiritual community, and I don't mean to like 
be rude, but in the spiritual community, people will say things like, well, I want to wait for a sign or I want to wait until it's aligned. And that's all well and fine. You can absolutely do that. But there's also hard work that has to go into it for your dreams and goals to actually come into fruition. So absolutely. And we know speaking about spirituality, a lot of people tell me you can't be queer and Muslim. You can't do this. You can't do that. But I'm doing it right in front of you and you can't look away. So yeah, sorry. I mean, I think when you, when people tell you, you can't do something, it's really showing their limitations instead of yours, you know? Mm -hmm. So I love, I love all of your stuff because you you are really genuinely and authentically yourself, despite what people say. And I think that we need more people in the world like that because you're paving the way for other people to be themselves authentically without fear and shame and guilt. Thank you so much. I mean, listen, it's not an easy road. And, you know, I talked to my sister about this because a lot of people say, oh, you're just saying you're a queer Muslim because it's buzzy. And I get it. Like I've consulted on TV shows and, you know, there are a lot of more queer Muslim characters. It is like a buzzword. But I do have a relationship with God and I don't have to explain that to you. And I believe religion is very private. And I think in the past couple of years, it's become very public to be very spiritual or very religious and tell people like I've heard people like I was having a bad day. And one of my friends who's like, I call it new wave spirituality, which I don't think is very genuine. She was like, well, what mirror is that? Like, what is it showing about your wrongdoing? And I was like, let's not like do the psychobabble drive through psychology shit. But I feel like a lot of people do that. And I think you push people away from true spirituality is non-judgment. But I feel like the spirituality community has become a lot of judgment. Or when I tell people I'm a medium, they're like, prove it. And I'm like, that's not (laughs) how it works. Yeah. I'm like, fuck (laughs) off. I'm not going to prove it. I'm not proving anything. Fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, I was talking to one of my girlfriends about this and we were talking about she came from a very strict um, Catholic background. And we were talking about how in Catholicism, it's typically you're going to do this, you're going to go to hell, you're going to do this, you're going to go to heaven. And in spirituality, it's becoming very similar to that in the fact of if you do this, then you're not enlightened or you're going to not go to 5D, you're going to stay in 3D. And that's just a new um, heaven and hell concept that the spiritual community has created. Wow. That's, oh my God, that like really was an aha moment for me because one of my friends was in like, you know, she was dating this like really toxic guy. And someone said that to her was like, you're never going to reach the next level of enlightenment. I'm like, way to judge someone on their human error journey. Like you learn stuff from bad relationships. I mean, from my last relationship, I learned a lot about who I was because the person constantly told me I'm too much. Like, don't wear that. Don't do this. And I would kind of acquiesce and, and like become smaller. And from that relationship, I learned to be like, okay, if my wings and my breath and my bandwidth make you uncomfortable, that's a you problem. Definitely. Absolutely. Me problem. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's, go ahead, Alexa. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, I know, Amir, before we started this, you were talking about how something you like to talk about a lot is depression and anxiety. And I think yeah. that is that is where depression and anxiety comes from, is these um, this paradigm of, like you said, like this – you have to do this. You have to do it this way. You have to be this way. It's not okay for you to be anything outside of this box. I genuinely yes. think that's where so much of our depression, anxiety c- 
comes from because we've been taught or told in certain ways it's not okay for you to be anything other than this and people's shut down they shut down their authentic expression and that is depression as well as the the feeling of anxiety is like the fear of almost like being your authentic self right like or, absolutely or living absolutely and the problem you know what it is with depression and anxiety is that a lot of people think you have one or the other but i am really stuck in the past because of my trauma of being in a closet and all that's happened mm-hmm. in my life so i'm not only depressed because I'm thinking about the past. I'm also anxious about the future because now people depend on me where before I would do like odd end jobs to be a publicist and then a a decorator and then a real estate agent. And nobody depended on me because I was always like, I'm an entrepreneur. And so I could quit when I wanted. Mm -hmm. But now I have producers, I have a team, I'm pitching. Like I have, you know, lots of followers that like, if I don't post, they're like, where are you? I need this. So like, it's crazy because now that people depend on me, like, I have to really check my depression, but I'm still human. Like I had, you know, just last week had like two days where I was completely immobile and, you know, I had to cancel meetings and people were not happy about it, but I was like, I am not present. I'm completely Mm -hmm. turned off. And it's funny because I thought that was such a bad thing. And I was like so hard on myself. And then I went to my acupuncturist and she was like, no, that's wonderful. Your body was shutting down because it just couldn't handle it and was recharging. And how beautiful that you recharged. And by like from Sunday till Tuesday where I went into her office, like I was better. And she's like, that's magical. Like, why are you not focusing on the magic of that? And I was like, oh my God, like how is this stranger seeing the beauty of my body? And also like I've gained weight during the you know pandemic. I was so hard on myself. I've gained all this weight, but I was like, no, I survived a global pandemic. Like this yeah. body affected <laughs> me. I'm like, why are we so hard on ourselves? And like, and I used to think about like the guys I've dated and them saying, oh, I, if I was skinnier, I'd be a better boyfriend, all this stuff. And all of those, Wait, like, they said that to you. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh there's a lot God. of, yeah, there's a lot of body dysmorphia in the gay community that a lot of people don't know about. Cause people are like, yeah. Oh, gay men are so attractive. I'm like, there are a lot of us that are not fit and not attractive as well. Like that pressure of like being this perfect gay guy, yeah. um, you know, and, and like not to be graphic, but like, I've literally like, right after having sex with someone, they've been like, Oh, I wish you were skinnier. And I'm like, well, I was good enough for you to be in, to be inside you, but yeah. like now I'm not good enough. Like, yeah. so yeah. It, it, yeah, it's very convoluted and it can get very complicated. But I think with all of this stuff that I've been through that like obviously affects my depression. And also I, don't, I hate to use signs, but it's very LA, but like I'm such a Gemini too. I'm very, either very animated or very like connected. Like I feel like right now in this moment, or I'm just completely shut off. But I think that's my body just because of my job. Like I'm an interviewer, I'm a host. I'm always like very much on. I think the Gemini side of me is like, okay, when you're alone, like you should just recharge and kind of settle down. And that helps a lot with the anxiety as well. Mm. I think it's really beautiful that you know uh, when to kind of shut down. And like your acupuncturist said, I think it's really important that you took that time for yourself because I think that is not something that a lot of people will do. I know it took me a really long time to say, okay, I come first because I have three kids. And so in my brain, well, I'm a mom, so they have to come first. Right. But what I feel like a lot of people don't understand is that if you don't come first, nobody else is in your area. It matters. It's all about you first. Yes. So good you better say you. that for the cheap seats in the back, Ambrosia. We need to, people need to I'm telling you, I think yeah. people didn't realize, like I had so many friends that texted me and they were like, oh my God, my wife does so much. Like I never knew. I thought she was like at home just chilling. Like during the pandemic, I think a lot of men realized like, holy shit, like our wives do so much. And being a stay at home mom is like 
looked down upon. Like my mom was a stay at home mom. And like, she literally, it took her 30, I'm 35. It took her 35 years during the pandemic to get her voice, to get yoga certified, to get her own office, like to create some autonomy, like, because she was always like, and, and especially with Persian culture, it's very like the woman has to do everything for the family. And like, and I think that like, that's, and the mom guilt and like, I don't know, like I have a friend who like literally all of her comments are all just all mom shaming from other moms. Like, I just, I think we just need to stop all of that. Like just let people, if the baby comes out of your body, you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm exactly. over it. Like I'm over exactly. the comments. Like if your kid is having a tantrum, I've never been that person that's like, oh, that kid's so loud. It's freaking Ralph's like, get your groceries, shut your mouth. Let that kid have a tantrum. You don't know what that person's going through. Like just yeah. leave it. Yeah. Like, why do we need to interject? Like, it's like when I was really skinny and going through an eating disorder, people would always stop me. Honey, you need to eat a sandwich. It's like, that's very triggering for someone who's, go you don't know what someone's going through. So yeah. I just, I think my advice to people is just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> just don't be a dick. Be a yeah. nice yeah. person. Yeah. Filter, yeah. like filter. Like think of like, if you wanted to hear that, like I remember I was wearing a dress and a wig and like this guy was like, you don't look good. Like I'm not attracted to that. Honey, I'm not dressing for you. Yeah. yeah. I'm dressing for me. And like, so learn to filter things. Like if it sounds bad to you, like if it sounds racist, if it sounds homophobic, if it sounds sexist, maybe don't say it. And don't say no offense. I, I'm so tired of, I get all these messages, no offense, but Muslims are really scary, but you're not. I mean, stop, just don't yeah. send it. Just yeah. don't send it. Like put it there and then delete it. You know, yeah. like learn Why how to Why do filter. people feel like they need to say that? Like, I I don't know what it is about our society that we feel like our, our opinion is so important that you have to know what I as a stranger think about your life that so it odd. makes no impact on my life. It's so odd. You know, I got, so, it's so funny. And like something as very, very trivial as hair color, I got hundreds of messages of people saying, I don't, I liked your hair before. Okay. <laughs> That's great. I had someone who messaged me said like, if I had your natural hair color, it's like the best color. It's like chestnut brown. I would die for it. Well, honey, you can die for it all day, every day, yeah. but I want it to be blonde. So I went paid money in a salon yeah. and had it done. Yeah. yeah. Any yeah. other questions? Like and I love that TikTok, by the way. I thought it was cute. Thank you. Thank you. You know, but it's so funny. It's like something so trivial, but people get, I think, especially when you're very public and then people see I'm verified, they think that oh, he's just a celebrity. We're just going to fuck with him. And I'm not. I'm just a normal person. Like, I'm not a celebrity. I am not cool by any stretch of the imagination. I am. My, I have emotional days. Like, I'm a real person. So I think sometimes people see that and they're like, oh, we're just going to write nasty things because he's like somebody, or, which I'm not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I think people feel like they have some sort of ownership over people on social media. It's very mm -hmm. interesting. It's a very interesting dynamic that is formed because of course, as a as an influencer, you want to form a bond with your community and I can tell already sure. you obviously do. Like you said, if you don't post, they're like where are you at, right? So yeah. which is which is powerful and at the same time, I think that's a double-edged sword. People feel like they have ownership over you somehow you. and and I think that really brings up the whole thing about boundaries is like there it's it's a very fine line. Right. And I think we're moving into this time right now where we really have to be um, vigilant about boundaries. And that's what you're oh, talking yeah. about with taking the time to recharge and, you know, coming mm -hmm. back and doing your stuff. But um, but again, that leads back into and I wanted to ask you this, you know, when you're talking about your experience with depression and anxiety, I know there's a ton of people in our audience listening um, that have been dealing with it especially during this pandemic and especially recently. So what do you, what would you say to them, someone who's listening, who's struggling with that and struggling to do the thing that they know they want to do and, and be out there and get up? Like, what would you say to them? 
absolutely. I'm going to address that, but I just quickly wanted to say boundaries. Like I learned a lesson on Saturday. I, I teach confidence coaching and one of my students was like messaging me all this stuff about a guy she liked and all this stuff and like was treating me like a friend and I had to really set a boundary and I kind of felt guilty because I know I want to be people's friends, but I was like, if we become friends, you're not going to take my advice seriously anymore. You're going to think I'm a friend. And she was like, can I do a vent session? I was like, venting is not going to move forward your career. And I heard something about venting that was so like amazing. Venting is basically talking about an issue without getting any solution. It's just talking it through and being like, I feel better. And then moving and like never dealing with it. And it was hard because she was like, I thought we were friends. And a lot of people will message me like, if you ever come to Canada or like all over the world, like you're my friend, you're my best friend. And they don't really know who I am. And a lot of times, like actually when I go on podcasts as well, people will be kind of disappointed that I'm kind of mellow. They're like, oh, we thought you're going to be like, hey, honey. I'm like, that's a caricature. Yeah. Like I can't do that all the time. Right. So that boundary setting is is super important. And, and I think that, you know, you're setting a right boundary when people kind of, you get some friction. Like I've done that with my family where I set a boundary and they're like, what the heck? Like people don't yeah. like boundaries. Yes. So mm-hmm. just for anyone listening, if you're setting a boundary with a loved one or a friend and they kind of react negatively, then you're doing the right thing. Like, don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty. So just wanted to quickly say that. But with depression and anxiety, again, I'm so happy that, you know, the mask is lifted and we can go out and have fun and stuff. But what people are doing, which is very human, is like, take, oh, wow, this is such a great time to think and process. And then they don't do the work after, right? They're like, we're freeing out, we're over it. There's a lot of PTSD. I can see people still wearing masks. Like, I still wear a mask because like there's a little bit of PTSD. Um, I haven't been on a date in two years. I'm not interested in dating because I'm still have PTSD. Like there's a lot, like people don't process these things. And also like, even with sex, like once you don't have it for a while, you kind of don't want it anymore. It's like this weird. So like, I think for a lot of people, they feel this pressure to start. A lot of my friends are like, you need to start dating. What's going on? Like people feel this like pressure to get back to normal, Mm -hmm. but this PTSD from a global pandemic, much like people who went through the Spanish flu, it's going to linger. So like I started going back to therapy and like, I've been really trying to be like vigilant, even like that depression bout. I'm like, these are just like, parts of the pandemic. There was a time where we thought we were all going to die. Like, I mean, my cousin went and bought guns. I mean, people don't talk about all the things they did. We were stockpiling food and water. Like there there was a lot that went down that we're just kind of like literally stepping next to. And unfortunately, I I tell most people, they don't like to hear this is like with anxiety and depression, with any kind of mental health trauma, you have to go through it. You can't go around it. And nobody wants to hear that. They want to take drugs and they want to do yoga and they want to like take peyote and flip around and have sex and do drugs and drink. All of that is fine, but you're never, you have to go through it. There's no way around it. And like, I think for me, the crux of my depression, the center of it, and when I've had multiple panic attacks have been around my coming out. And as I came out, it was so funny because I thought, oh, I'm fine. I'm good now. Right. And then I started shoplifting. So I needed another secret. I needed something to fill that hole inside of me. A lot of times human beings, and it's great. This is what we do. We do this to survive. We put band-aids on bullet holes and we say, oh, I'm fine now. I'm good. Like I used to say that, oh, I'm fine. I'm out now. What's the problem? Well, unfortunately, with coming out, every time you come out, there's a little bit of celebration, a little bit of disappointment. Most of the world would like me dead. And they and they let me know. You know, I get messages from people that say, please come to our country. We'd love to murder you. Happy pride. What? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and that's just on a small scale. Right. Yeah. So this hatred, they're, they're, most of the countries in the world are not safe for queer people to be out and about. That's just like a fact. Like I'm Middle Eastern and I love my country, but. I would be not safe in the Middle East. So th- these are just like things that I don't say. And people are like, oh, you're always so negative. You're always talking about BLM or queer issues or anti-Asian hate. I'm like, 
This is just the fact. So if you want to turn your head around and say, I don't see what's happening in Cuba, then that's fine. But it's really still happening. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, They're human beings. Sure. This is happening to. So it's right. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. I mean, you know, it's weird because I was talking to my therapist and she's like, it's good that you're not desensitized. But, you know, I've become there was a time where I was like, oh, the haters, I'm going to feel it like they're a part of my engagement. And I think a lot of people do that online. But I just block immediately. I'm like, I don't have to, because what happens is that then they start bullying my followers and they start fat shaming them and they come for them. And I just don't, like I had commented on someone's page and then they were calling me like all these derogatory words. And I was like, I'm just going to delete my comment and move along. Like, I don't need to like sit there. And also I think it's really important for anyone online right now that's listening and getting hateful messages or trolls. Don't think about why they're doing it. Because the psychology behind that, I don't care. I don't right. care if you're hurting. I don't care if you have mental health struggles. I, people write, oh, you should get a therapist. I don't care enough. Like yeah. I have my own struggles. And for you to write that, and I sometimes will leave it because I want them to be embarrassed. And sometimes they'll delete it. Like when you yeah. message someone, you should kill yourself and they do it. Do you realize that the blood, their blood will be on your hands? Yeah. I get it. Whether or not you ever will find out. But why would you say that to someone? Like there was a time where I might have followed through with that. Not today, yeah. but like yeah. there was a time. Yeah. So just be cognizant of what you write to people. And I get you want to write on Khloe Kardashian's page. You're disgusting and you're fat and you're ugly and all that stuff. Fine. But remember, however famous you are, and I know a lot of famous people, they see it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just, just just like second get. I get that you're maybe coming from a place of jealousy or anger or whatever, but just be cognizant of the fact that like all, everyone is usually a human being. Even if they have a social media manager or whatever, like they're still going to see it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And spiritually and energetically, that's so bad. Like, it's even if they don't ever, even if you, even if you see someone who's fat or ugly or whatever and not your vibe and you even say it and they never hear it, energetically, you're sending bad vibes towards them. And I can feel those. Like as someone who's very energetically connected, I feel when you're sending me those, those, that energy, even if I never hear it, even if I never see it. So remember, like when you send out bad energy and then go, why does nothing work out in my life? Well, Ben, yeah. <laughs> what do you think's coming back? It's a boomerang. Yeah. Yeah, it's it going to go out and it's going to come right back to you. I mean, I, and I'll say this really quickly, but I moved to LA and I kept being like, everyone's so negative. Everyone's such an asshole. Everybody's such a user. Guess what? I was all of those things. Mm. I was, I was saying, oh my God, I hate LA. I'm so negative. I hate everyone. Well, do you think you're going to attract someone who loves LA, who is energetically happy? No, you're going to attract people who are miserable. And it was funny. I was always like, I don't want to hear about death. Every time I went to a party, somebody would sit next to me and be like, I lost my loved one last week. I have cancer. It was every, every time it was, and I like look back and laugh because it was every time. And my friends would be like, oh my God, like this person was sitting with me for three hours talking about their wonderful trip to Italy. And the minute you walk in the room, they're like, my friend died. It's like, it was crazy. And once I learned the lesson where I was like, I can't control it, yeah. it stopped happening. And even when it did, I was like, I'm so sorry for your loss. And we moved on. Yeah. It was so crazy. When, it's when crazy. did you know that you were a medium? Like when did you start connecting with spirits? So when my grandma passed away, um, I've always been very energetically like, I saw a meme that made me laugh, but it was like, when people say you're an old soul, it means like you're kind of fucked up. Um, (laughs) Whatever. Um, I've always liked animals more. Like I remember being able to communicate with animals. Like I would open storm drains and grab frogs. I've always been like very energetically inclined. I've always had animals. I've had iguanas, toads, and people see a gay guy and they're like, what? But I was very into animals and I was very, very connected. Like I would walk up and like 
you know, cows would sit down and like, I know it sounds really biblical, oh but God. like I was very, very connected with animals. And I just always like, just had such a love because I think there's so much innocence. And because of my like very, very young abuse at, at like the hand of a nanny, I think that I was very like, just very, very vulnerable, but very strong. Like I've always been a bad bitch, but very, very like, like kind of mushy inside. My sister calls, says I have a marshmallow heart. Like I always uh -huh. cry. And I used to think that was a weakness, but actually like being quick to have tears actually means you're so strong. You're very vulnerable and you're, and I always tell people, I'm like, why aren't you affected by the world? Like people yeah. are like, my ex would always like, why do you cry at everything? I'm like, why are you not affected? Like, why yeah. are you not affected when a kid, you know, goes to the cancer ward and they're like dinging bells and he's yeah. cancer. Like, I don't know why you're not crying. Like, I, I just don't get when like a soldier comes home from, you know, surprises his kids. Like, how are you not? I just don't get yeah. it. Like, yeah. so I think that for me, that whole journey and like loving animals and then obviously like it extending to people, I've just energetically always been connected. And then when my grandma passed, it was like the first time I'd ever seen like a dead body in front of me with the tube and the, and I remember being like, she's not there anymore. It's not scary. Like there was this idea with like, I, I also hate Halloween because I think Halloween like makes everything scary where I think that death and like spirituality and medium, it's not scary. It's only scary mm -hmm. if you let it in. Like, Middle Eastern people have something called a jinn, which is essentially a ghost, but there are white jinns and black jinns, which are like black magic, white magic. It's like, you can let them in based on your energy level. So I had a permeable spiritual membrane for a long time, but it's built up. So I don't let in dark forces. Like I was at a hotel and I, there was like a lot of bad energy. And there's a lot of people in LA, a lot of hotels in LA are very like, there's a lot of suicide, people die in there, whatever. And I just did like a quick saging and I was like, I'm good. Like this, I don't need yeah. to move. Like yeah. you learn how to kind of like figure that out. And I think with my grandma, a lot of my mediumship comes through dreams. Um, so, you know, it happened with my grandma a bunch of times and then it happened with my friend's mom. And it was like, you know, she was looking for something before she could pass over and it ended up being like dentures and a green box. And this woman was so skeptical. She's like, that's not a real thing. And then when they moved her whole house out, she's like, oh my God, I found the green box with the dentures. And I was like, bitch, I told you. <laughs> like, bitch. Like, and I think with mediumship or, or you know, psychics, there are people, of course, like anything, there are some people that are faking it. Absolutely. And I can't, I'm not like, you know what that cutie guy on e that can just like draw stuff i can't do that like i'm more dream connected but there are moments where i'll be like oh my god your dad passed because there's a red backpack like i'll hear i'll see things and i'll feel things and i can also see like auras and colors and all that stuff so like for me it's just i don't do it as a profession so it's not very what's the word it's like very like self-taught so it's like mm -hmm. it's kind of dull mm -hmm. so people will like be like tell me this and i'm like i can't really do it like that and they're like oh then it's not real so it's almost like People yeah. want you to perform with spirituality. They're like, prove it. And I'm like, mm, much like my comedy, if I don't have a Netflix special does not mean I'm not a comedian. It's yeah. the same yeah. thing with psychic <laughs> behavior. Like, just because I like can't tell you what you want right away does not mean I'm a fake, you know? Yes. So. You know what I had someone do to me one time? So I used to do, I am a psychic medium and I used to have people do, uh, I used to do live events before the pandemic. Yeah. And this bitch had the nerve. I sat in front of her and she they always goes, have the nerve. <laughs> I am not going to tell you my question out loud. I'm going to think it. And I want you to answer it. Bitch, please. What? So yeah. now I'm telepathic. Okay. So I asked, I, okay, whatever information comes through for our highest good. I gave her, her the message and she goes, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. And I was like, cool. I didn't know I can read minds, but I guess I can now. And I walked away. Yes. Like, don't put me on the spot. And also don't like, 
don't put me on the spot when you know the universe is on my side, bitch. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> exactly. So, like, you can go over there, Karen, over there. Like, we don't need to see, you know, we don't need to hear from you. Like, it's too much. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, so I, I, what would you say to someone to, like, because I know you said your ability in terms of, like, your well, it sounds like you've been developing your abilities in a lot of different ways, though. Like you said, being self-taught and going with your yeah. own guidance. Um, what would you say to someone who is wanting to develop, you know, and, and connect with their spiritual um, abilities a bit more and just get to know themselves a bit more? Like, what what would you say in terms of best ways to do that? Stop trying to be cool. I think that's the number one yeah. thing. I think especially in L.A., there's a like spirituality is tied to like you know, signs and Gemini this and Taurus that and rising moon and all that stuff is great. Like I'm a fan of all that stuff, but yeah. saying Mercury's in retrograde because you're an asshole. Like that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just be an asshole. Like stop saying it's Mercury's fault. Mercury's really far away. I was like, mm, no. So I, for me, that's kind of where I draw the line. But again, like in LA, it's like very like, it's kind of like it's, they've bastardized spirituality. Cause I really believe religion is like, is the dogma. And I think spirituality is the heart of, it's like yeah. the brain and the heart. And, you know, my, my sister is a Sufi and Sufi is like kind of spiritual Islam and like, you know, Rumi, like all the basic, you know, basic yes. bitches quote him, you know who he is. Yes. Um, so it, it's like, but anyway, with Rumi, like the whole thing with him is that like your spirituality needs to be like this. It's like, mm -hmm. it should be seen, not heard. Like it's mm -hmm. supposed to just be calm. Like yeah. it's supposed to be like so beautiful and so connected that like a lot of times we think with our brains and, you know, Sufis will say, are you in your heart? Right. Not like, are you thinking with your heart? Is your brain now in your heart? And, and this distance, like from your head to your heart is thousands of miles, much like me on the street and a billboard on sunset. We are miles apart, right? Like I, it's going <laughs> to take me a while to get on that billboard, bitch. I will be on that billboard, but it will take me a second. <laughs> Right. But that, that distance from your heart to your head, a lot of people don't want to do the work. They're like, I don't know what that means. The minute you say, I don't know, I'm no, in, I'm no longer interested in explaining spirituality to you because I don't know is the end of spirituality because you know, you have everything inside of you. And I really believe this to run that ship. You have the, or you have everything you need. And I also, the things that I carry, maybe Ambrosia can't carry. Like we right. get what we can carry. Like in some ways it's the craziest thing. Like, being queer, I always thought was the end of me being a Muslim. It actually made me a better Muslim. I became empathetic. I became non-judgmental. Before, it was very much like Catholics. You drink, you're going to hell. You had sex, you're going to hell. Now I'm like, maybe you're on a journey. Like, <laughs> what is it my business, what you're doing? That judgment also, it, it's funny because in spirituality, people think, oh, there's no judgment. And I'm like, no, there is. I've heard people say like, oh, you're not doing your practice. So you're not allowed. I'm like, right. Like what, this is supposed to be an inviting in environment. What about yes. human error? What about like mental health struggles? People are, oh, you're not doing your practice and you're like on your cast aside. And so yeah. we just have to be really cognizant of that. And when you start your journey, don't share it with people. Like I always, I had a therapist who said, don't share the, you know, your pearls with swine. Don't share it with someone who is like a businessman who's like not really, don't be like, I'm on a spiritual. He's going to be like, you're stupid. Yeah. Like I don't tell anyone in my family I'm a medium unless they're interested. I'm not going to tell my cousin who's like a frat guy, like, oh, I'm a medium. He's going to be like, that's fake. So yeah. don't share things with people who don't deserve to hear about it. So mm -hmm. that's another thing. And then I think with spirituality, like do the research, but don't get caught up in all of these books. There's no book. Like, Go yeah. sit outside, like start enjoying shit. Like I like I'm obsessed with like the stupid. I see like a centipede walking up a, uh, like a wall. I'm like, 
how is that bitch doing that? Like that's <laughs> gravity. It has tiny ass legs. Like it's impressive, yeah. right? Like yeah. when I see a hummingbird baby in a nest on a top of a tree, I'm like, how the hell did it like be start getting fascinated with spider webs? If you're not fascinated with shit like that, then you're not spiritual. Like being spiritual does not happen in a gym, in a yoga studio, like because you set some incense that you bought for $5 on Venice Boulevard. Like yeah. it, it starts outside and it starts by like being excited that like, holy shit like my friend is carrying twins like she's literally 411 and she's carrying two babies i'm like how the hell did that happen yeah. that's impressive like be impressed with shit like that like be impressed that dolphins go up to pregnant women and can ultrasound the baby like that's nuts like if you don't get i'm getting really fired up but if you don't <laughs> get fired up by shit like that then i don't really know what you're why are you trying to be spiritual yeah. For what reason? Like to be cool, like wearing a necklace is not going to make you spiritual. Yeah. I think you know? the other thing, like in addition to that, I think also. Sorry, like, I got really fired up, Ember. No, no, don't back, apologize. Back You're perfect face, the way you are. On Facebook, uh, Liz Magnolia was like, I am loving this convo, y'all. <laughs> so. But I feel like, like, just like you're saying, like be by yourself. And mm -hmm. appreciate what is going on around you. Yes. But yes. I also feel like that's scary for a lot of people because that means you have to face some shit that you haven't been facing for a really long right. time. Right. And I love your opinion on that, on how to really face things that, you know, you've been avoiding for so long. Yeah, I became a master at that. I was, um, you know, looking cute in Gucci running around town and pretending I was fine with like hella debt and like sadness. And, you know, being alone is, is like miles apart from being lonely. Right. People don't alone is like, yeah, I'm watching a movie. I'm good. Like I was talking to my friend about this and she was literally almost in tears. She's like, I can't go to the movies by myself. I cannot go to dinner. I was like, just go there and sit. And it's funny because the first time I did that and I was like, I could never do that. I used to plan like three dinners. I never wanted to be alone. I was always with people. And it was funny because I always felt lonely in a crowd which is really painful or in a relationship yeah. literally sleeping next to him and he was miles apart that that's also kind of sometimes worse people don't realize that they're like oh no i'd rather this than be alone but i'm like it's actually really bad because the person's there but they're not really there and yeah. so but like with that i went to dinner alone and i was like i'm gonna do this i can do there was five people having birthdays. Okay. There, I ran into an ex. I ran into two friends who were like, why are you eating alone? There was so many obstacles. And I remember being like, oh my God, you have friends. This is a choice. Remember when you're eating alone, you have friends. You have people you can see, even if you have one friend. Okay. I get people, some people are like, I don't have friends. I, you have one friend. Okay. So whatever you can go with other people, you're making a choice. So when I go to the movies alone and, and I run into people, they're like, oh my God, I would never do that. I'm like, I do. Bye. Like I'm <laughs> unaffected by, I don't let their, like their should have, would have, could have bullshit get on me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I believe in that, like psychological dust that people like project onto you. I'm just like, yeah. I saw it, bitch. I bel remember that like game with the where it's like a Velcro thing. I was yes. from the nineties. And, and the, the ball. Tennis ball? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyone that's too young, they might not know. But it's like a Velcro thing. The ball attaches, and then you like. And I'm like, I caught it, and I threw it away, bitch. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna send it back because a lot of people are like, send that energy back. A list of haters. I'm gonna come for people. Eh, like, <laughs> listen, girl, you just won the Emmys. Like, shut up about the high school bully. Like, mm. I, I used to think that. Like, when I win an award, I'm gonna. Oh please, when I'm at that level, honey, who? What was yeah. You know, like, I don't remember the, the person. Level. 
No, I don't remember the person who made fun of my voice. And first of all, you made fun of my voice, but bitch, it's how I make my money now. It's iconic. Mm. Yeah. You know, before I used to be like, oh, I talk like a girl. I'm and like I went up to I went to pick up a cake at Whole Foods and the guy's like, oh, I don't know who you are. I remember your voice. And I was like, a bitch is iconic. Yes. I could also <laughs> in that moment be like, oh, my God, my voice is weird. So he remembered. And I was like, I'm not taking it that way. Yeah, I'm going to take it the way I want to take it. And I'm going to grab my cake and leave. Don't let people stay with you. And I think that's the biggest thing with like doing things alone or, or like going through things. I used to like, you know, I used to project some of my anger at like someone who was very flamboyant or out. And I remember like, all of that energy never made me feel better. Calling someone, and I know it's from Mean Girls, but calling someone fat isn't going to make you any skinnier. Yeah. Yeah. Calling someone ugly isn't going to make you any prettier. Like people yeah. do these things or, you know, they'll say, oh, that person has so many tattoos. Well, good for them. That's what yeah. they're into. That's their expression, right? Like, so I think that when you're on that journey, like check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm like sounding like a 90s. <laughs> <laughs> but like, don't, yes. you know, like don't do that. Like, cause you can set yourself up for failure. And I really believe like, please, whoever's listening, go out to dinner, go on a solo trip. Like my sister went with herself, like around the world. You're going to learn so many cool things that you would never learn, especially if you're codependent, right? If you have family mm. units that are enmeshed where everything's about, what do you think? Bitch, do you want sushi or not? <laughs> Just speak up. It's just food. Yes. Like, I remember with my ex, I'd be like, what do you want? Like, yeah. do you want to go and have pizza? Like, let's do it. And he's like, why are you being so combative? I'm like, just make a decision. <laughs> like, eat, like, I don't know why people are like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Step into your own life, honey. It's going to yes. end real quick. Yeah. I almost got, I almost got hit by a car a couple years ago, girl. That could have been it. Yes. It wasn't, but mm-hmm. it could have been it. You know, I, I think that life can go by in such a flash. And we saw with the pandemic, we lost 600,000 Americans. Like, yeah. You know, and so people kind of think, oh, it didn't happen to me. So it's not real. But remember, if you lose something, it's 100 percent. If I stayed in a closet and I married a woman and I ruined her life and or or I I like went down a really dark path or got addicted to drugs or whatever, like or maybe even killed myself, like I wouldn't have been a light for people. So sometimes like stepping into that, I've activated people. I hear from people, but for everyone that you hear from, there are hundreds that are too shy to speak up that you have changed their lives. Mm -hmm. So when you run into someone and you're kind to them or you're at Starbucks and you don't yell at someone, remember that person's probably been yelled at 10 times before that. So just take a breath and be like, yeah, my caramel macchiato triple shot, whatever bullshit that you're trying to be unique about, be unique elsewhere. So just order coffee, get it and leave. Like just try to, and even like, it sounds crazy, but even with like substitutions at restaurants, I used to be very like stickler, change this, change that. I've recently been like, this is a lesson from the universe. Just go in and order what they have. Don't make things difficult. I used to think like, oh, I'm unique. I'm getting what I want. I'm a boss. No, you're not. You're making people's lives difficult. So just try to streamline every part of your life. When you want to honk at someone because they're driving slow, that's fine. Don't drive next to them and then look at them. Maybe they're old. Maybe they're struggling. Maybe they have diarrhea (laughs) and they're trying to rush home, honey. So whatever, whatever it is, like just give people some grace. And I say these Mm -hmm. things, I always like to use humor because I think people get so like serious or suicide, anger, spirituality. It's not that serious. Like Mm -hmm. just have fun with it. It's fun. When you start recognizing, when I start seeing shit and I'm like, oh my God, that's a double rainbow. Has anyone seen it? Nobody sees it. I'm like, the universe is giving me a gift. Like, accept the gift. Like, I'm some- literally crying because you're oh just such- Oh my God, I love you. Like, <laughs> Cry, I love bright tears. light. It's so, I love <laughs> your personality is just so beautiful. Oh and my God, I love you. You're going to make me seriously, cry. Seriously, <laughs> you're just so, my face is hurting from laughing so hard. Oh my you God, good. Such I always want people to laugh. I always person. want people to laugh and then cry. Ambrosia, you get the <laughs> ticket, girl. You got the ticket to the show. This is exactly what I want. I dated this guy who never cried and he thought it was such a badge of honor. And I was like, 
babe, this is never going to work. Yeah. <laughs> never going to work. I don't want vulnerability that is like, that you think vulnerability is a weakness. Like Brene Brown, like I know it's very basic, but I love her. And she like activated something when she said, when people are not daring greatly in the arena with you, why do you care? When people tell me like, oh, you're never going to have your own talk to you. Bitch, I'm closer than you are. Yeah. You're yeah. very close because I'm like seeing it in my mind's eye. I'm like, when is that talk show coming around? It should be any minute now because we're going to watch it. Thank um, you. Yeah, you have to activate these things and you have to manifest it. And I always tell people like, if your dreams or your career dreams or your relationship dreams or your spirituality dreams are so small that people don't laugh, then they're not big enough. I want to feel what it feels like to be a star. We're made of that shit, bitch. Like if you, there was, I saw a picture, literally, it was like, literally looked like, specks of dust it was all of the stars then it was the universe i mean it's it, people think it's just the earth i'm like the earth is boring girl yeah <laughs> you better open your eyes <laughs> yes wow oh, goodness. oh my goodness this, this is, is my favorite episode so yeah true. oh i love you guys you activated me i just went off i was like <laughs> you're just it is you. your time you're just you and yeah. i truly want to say like it's it's people like you but most more specifically, it's men like you that are not afraid to be themselves that are literally paving the way for other people. My son is 17. He's gay. And I said, is it OK if I tell people, do you want to come out? And he's like, I'm not coming out. If they don't like me, fuck them. And yes, I was Gen like, Z. yes, but I love Gen Z. <laughs> Can I tell you, they are so brave and they're just like, yeah, I'm they them. I'm non-binary, yeah. I'm wearing a dress and I'm dating a woman, anything else? Yeah. And I'm just like, yes! But I think like what I really was thinking about, it's because of people like you. Thank you. It's, I'm not just saying that to be nice. Like, no, I appreciate truly, that. I like, work at it. I'm accepting the compliment because that toxic masculinity, especially being Persian, even yeah. in the gay community, my femininity is a threat to people. I've been on dates are like, yeah. oh, you're so feminine. Like I saw your photos, you're very masculine presenting and then you talk and you're feminine. There, the toxic masculinity and the misogyny in the gay community, I've heard it time and time again. Why are there so many women in the gay club? This is our space. Well, what if those women are curious, trans, questioning? Nobody seems to care. Yeah. I've heard people say, I've been femme bashed on in the queer. I've had more vitriol from the queer community than any straight person, really, to be true. Straight people are not very clever. It's like, you're a faggot. Okay, and thank you. <laughs> like, it's not that clever. But the gay community, it's like they go in and they're just like, they scoop something out of you. And, you know, I don't blame your son who's just like, why do I need to come out? It's That is so archaic. Like I was actually doing a, a show before the pandemic, a script, an unscripted show where basically we're helping people come out of the closet who are not gay. So you've been divorced, you've lost your job, you're hiding it from your family. Everybody has a closet. So why is the onus yeah. on queer people having to come and say, can I be gay? I'm coming out. Why are we asking people for permission? Like yeah. I'm already doing it whether, and also one last thing before I go off on a tangent is that sexuality, sexual orientation, and sex should be separated from identity. If you never have sex, like a 90-year-old man came out, he's not going to have sex. Like, and he's gay still. Like, just stop. This is an identity. It's not sex. Yeah. So I hate when people are like, how many people have you slept with? Who are you? It's like, it's not about that. Like, yeah. you can be a, never have sex, be celibate, and still be a gay man. Yes. So we need to start separating these things. And listen, Gen Z's done it beautifully. I see it on TikTok. Every time I post a video, they're like, why are you, why is there any shame around you being gay and Muslim? It's only the millennials and the boomers that are writing these nasty comments of like, you can't do that. You're disgusting and all that. It's never the 13 to 18 year old. They don't seem to yeah. really give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love that 
that generation is all about like just be who you are just be who you are and it's not affecting anyone like my little cousin she's six and someone in her class came out as trans and so it's a gender change and i was like is this hard for you and she's like nope that was the end of the conversation it was literally like nope and i'm doing it and she's fine they play together and it's as if nothing has changed and she literally was like tommy wears a dress now Mm -hmm. he's so cute wait i mean she i was like bitch this six-year-old can figure out (laughs) if you're telling me that as straight men okay as straight sit let's say cisgendered men you say it's too hard with pronouns i get it but you can say shaquille o'neal you can say Rob Goronsky or or whatever the hell his name is. You can say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar perfectly without ever faltering. You're telling me you can't say they, them. I don't believe it. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I do. You're choosing to ignore an identity or when people say, well, I don't know what you want me to say. There's, I can't keep up with all this. Yes, you can. Yeah. You kept up with the Cuban missile crisis, bitch. And you knew all. (laughs) Yeah. So totally. I think you can keep up with this. Like, it's not rocket science. You're just choosing. And remember, you're choosing to kind of ignore someone's identity. Or when someone says, don't say Oriental, say Asian. Like, oh, it's too hard. Well, you're just choosing to be ignorant. And I saw a meme where it was like, in this day and age, choosing your ignorance is no longer cute. Yeah. Like, it's not cute being a Karen, a Keith, like, think it's funny. It- it's no longer cute it's like it's not like i don't know any better you know better you're just choosing is mm-hmm. keith the male karen is that official yeah, okay. yeah it, i think so it's official <laughs> I, I think I, it's official i saw people debating that i wasn't sure okay cool poor keith <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know any keith so Me neither. Out. yeah <laughs> i knew one he was a drug dealer but anyway that's off topic <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well um, Amir, this has truly been I, I i agree with ambrosia and i just want to say as well like i'm sitting here just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, how do you get this free and authentic? Like, how do you get there? Because I agree with Ambrosia, like you emanate the vibration of just freedom and flow, absolute flow. And that is like, that is freedom, right? When you just let your true self just flow through. And I think I let myself flow. I think Ambie lets herself flow. But like when you we meet you we have someone like you and it's just like oh no like you can go so much farther there's so much more joy there's so much more freedom so maybe a good last question would be (laughs) how how does someone like connect with more of that freedom like and that trust and that flow that you you so beautifully embody you're gonna make me cry (laughs) um (laughs) um i think it's really coming to the brink of like really harming yourself at your own hand, right? Suicide, like really wanting not to exist and really believing that nobody would care. And I think that that is like really the pain of mental health, right? It's like feeling so alone. And when I talk about anxiety or depression or suicide, or I do a whole panel and then I have drag queens who are like, I wanted to kill myself. I hate myself. And they're so powerful and people look up to them and you see people in the audience like crying and people that had been really mean to me online coming up after and being like, I'm so sorry. That activation of like changing people's opinions, not with anger. I, you know, I had started my Instagram initially was coming out with love and I was like, I don't have any love to give. I was frustrated mm-hmm. and angry, but I changed my name and I, I, I like went through it, but now I have a lot of love to give. Right. I, there are times where people will be like this woman. Um, I was on the phone at the hair salon and she was like, you don't even know how loud you are. You're so awful and it's annoying and she just went at me and all I said was okay and hung up the phone all I said was okay and before I would have like been rude to her and then like wanted to plot against her and I was like for what that woman's caring a lot more than I am and I've been in places where I wanted to lash out like that and I didn't know how to do it so I think it really it's 
finding the joy and like I said, the super mundane. I think people want like a big car and a house and, and, and not to say, oh, I'm so, but I've had all those things, like material things. I have no material attachment. Like my friends will come over and they're like, can I have that? I'm like, sure. Like I don't, and that's part of my joy is that like, I don't mind driving. And I always feel like, oh, wow, you have a Range Rover. Luxury at a distance. It's a 20-year-old car. Like, I don't really, I, I'm very like, people are like, why are you telling everyone where this is from? I'm like, because I want to just detach material. People are so obsessed with having nice things. Again, I love nice things. Like, a bitch is going to carry a Birkin. I don't care. But I, I think it's important for that not to be your happiness, right? Find joy in like a spider web or like, I like saved a moth the other day and I ran around her house and finally got it out. And I was so overjoyed. I know it sounds crazy and people are like, oh, that's so wackadoo and new age, whatever. But it, for me, that felt like spiritually like, oh, wow. Like for all the spiders I killed, this is a like return, like yeah. whatever, like just small things like that are just like, I don't know why people don't get excited. And like when I talk, or I, this is another example. I talk to people who people don't talk to, right? The Starbucks person or like a guard gate or like an Uber driver. And people are like, why are you talking to unnecessary people? They're not. And you also don't know where people are going to end up. I was getting paid $10 an hour to be someone's assistant and people would overlook me. And the people that spoke to me, like it made me feel better in that moment. Like it made me feel less than and, and in, in a way where people sometimes think they have like money or status or fame and they're like, I'm better than you. Mm -hmm. And that's not a real thing. Like you're, we're all, if you see an x-ray, no skin color, no money, like it's all the same shit. So just, just be nice. I don't, I just, I know it sounds like <laughs> rocket science. Yeah. Well, just bite your tongue. If you want to say something nasty, you don't know if someone's pregnant or not, don't say it. Just, mm. I'm like, yeah, She's that's probably always... not pregnant. Yeah, don't say it. Don't and why it. do men need to know who's pregnant, by what, who? And like, why are you asking someone, where is your husband? She might be a single mom. Like, why are you asking me why I'm wearing a dress? Do you really want to stop in the store and talk about how I feel powerful in a dress that I could kick your ass in a dress? Like, yeah. I don't know what you want. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't like people need to just take a second and be like, why am I really asking this? Am I asking mm -hmm. this? because I genuinely care or am I asking it because I want to silence the person? People are like, oh, well, it makes me really uncomfortable. When they start that sentence, I'm like, my Instagram's not for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not for you. Nobody is for anybody. Like, stop making people do things be to make, to minimize themselves, to make you comfortable because I am not going to mm. shrink again. Because a bitch, honey, honey, I shrunk the kids. It's the opposite. Yes. I have so many <laughs> 90s references. I can't. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You just made me realize I really feel like part, I really feel like a huge part of it is that so many oh, maybe this isn't right. I don't know. So many like you said the boomers and the people that make the comments, I feel like they they've grown up in a society where a lot of people have catered to them and have answered them and have catered to their whining and their bitching and whatever and their tantrums. And so now, no, like they expect other people in the world to do that for them and they're pissed that people aren't. So then they make comments because they think you should be catering to me and you should be answering to me. And it's like mm, rude awakening. Sorry. Not today. I, yes. Not today. And not I'm not today. doing, what? I'm not doing fragility. I'm not doing white tears. I'm not doing cisgender. Like, <laughs> like I don't, I can't take that on anymore. I already have yeah. a lot. I can't take on your, like people will message me. I didn't know I was so homophobic internally. And here's a long paragraph about how I'm doing better. It's like, that your heterosexual like guilt, I just can't take it. I'm like, just yeah. send it back, yeah. send back to sender. Like just yes. when you're messaging someone, remember like 
why am I sending this? Do I need mm-hmm. to send this? Like there have been messages where I wanted to write something out of anger and I'm like, delete. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't need to say this. Like telling, like initially I would tell my fault, like people that wrote now, I'm like, kick rocks and like be aggressive. But what am I really doing? They're sending hate. I'm sending it back. And then it's a chain reaction. And I believe like when people were hateful to me, then I was hateful to my mom. And then my mom was hateful to my dad. Or Like yeah. it's a chain reaction. So when you like are rude to someone, it affects them in a way you'll never know. And I believe that whether you believe in a God or like higher power that will, you'll be half, you'll have to like answer for that, that chain reaction of hate and anger and like the ways that you've created those patterns for people, because that is like, that is your fault. Yeah, absolutely. I want to read one comment from Facebook and then, and then Amir, I want you to, um, tell everybody where they can contact you. Liz Magnolia, once again, said, as a parent of a trans child, thank you for showing up and thank you for staying in all caps. Oh, love her. I love, <laughs> listen, trans people, If for, for anyone who's gay that's listening that doesn't know this, should know this. They are, trans people are the center of the queer community and the BLM movement. Without queer, like Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera that were literally doing Stonewall, they were trans people of color in a time where like that was just a no-no. And people keep forgetting LGBT, the T is there. So you keep ignoring it. And like a lot of people, what they see is gay men, right? They don't see the other letters. And for people that are like alphabet mafia and why do you need so many letters? Because we are that inclusive. So people are like, oh, am I straight? Can I be part? Yes, you're part of the plus. You're part of the allyship. You're part of you're part of it. Like the reason there's that many letters is because we want people to feel included and we want people to be seen. I don't want anyone to die at the hand of suicide. Three times more likely to commit suicide. Ten more times likely to be addicted to drugs and alcohol. That's queer people. That's queer youth. People are so upset about homelessness, but there are so many queer youth that are on the streets. There's 20,000 queer youth on the street in L.A. Yeah. People don't see me. And what do you think people that are on the street at that age are going to do? Sex work. So people need to, like, I know people don't want to hear this stuff and they want to focus. And a lot of them are brown and black children. So, you know, it's just being cognizant of what's going on in the world and when we're upset about sex trafficking, it tends to be white children. So really just be, I'm not saying you have to, like you can be as racist as you want behind closed doors. Keep your mouth shut in the public sphere. That's all I'm asking. And I get freedom of speech, but freedom of speech, if you read it fully, it does not cover abusive citizens. And homophobia and racism is abuse of citizens. Free speech is to a certain extent. It is Mm -hmm. not free speech. You get to say anything you want anywhere you go. That's not a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I, I mean, there's, like you were saying, energetically and non-energetically, too. Like, there are consequences to your actions. Absolutely. So freedom of speech is not freedom of speech. There's still consequences to your actions for being an asshole. So <laughs> exactly. if you're going to be an asshole exactly. in public, exactly. there's going to be repercussions. So be prepared for that. Absolutely. Like, don't go to a barbecue restaurant owned by a black woman and wear a confederate dress. I mean, she wore a confet. It's like, you're going to be asked to leave. And that's their, and into, oh, I have freedom of speech. No, no, no. When you're in a business, it says it everywhere. You can, they can refuse service. Yes. That's a real yeah. thing. That's a private property. So yeah. just why, like, and then part of me feels like because of social media, people are doing these things to get attention. Like they're being mm-hmm. extra hateful. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, but then I, then I go in the street and I'm like, maybe there are cuckoo people. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's both. I think that is one one thing that I've seen recently that I'm a little concerned about in terms of the trends of social media is people doing stuff for clout. Like, like start like literally all these people on TikTok who know that their drama with one another feeds their following. It really concerns me, actually. And 
I really think that a kind of a different sort of model needs to be set in terms of like what gets views. And that is what gets views right now. But I really hope that that starts to turn around because I don't want to teach people that, you know? No, um, it, it's very toxic. And also like there's this one white TikToker who was like copying specifically black TikTokers saying I'm doing it better. And of course the app like really like, cause it's drama, right? The app yeah. was, and a lot of times the app will be like, it's our algorithm or Instagram or Facebook. Well, no, they can, con it's not an yeah. algorithm. Algorithm is created by people. So if it's racist, yeah. if the yeah. Apple ID is not picking up skin color, that's something a human created, yes. right? So people are like, oh, it's the algorithm. It's not us. No, no, no. Like on TikTok, I can't even write gay. I have to write gay at yes. sign Y because the minute they see gay or sex, they take the video down. Yes. So, you know, these kind of things are like very insidious and it's people doing it. So I think that I've been very vocal and like, you know, a lot of black TikTokers and gay TikTokers have like stepped back and taken breaks from the app. But these things are like, it's quite insidious. Don't like sleep on Instagram and Facebook. Like, listen, you talk about COVID-19 at any point, they flag it. But you mm -hmm. talk about misogyny, racism, rape culture, like homophobia. There's, they're like, oh, I don't know. Someone threatened to slit my throat and had my address. And I, I, I sent it to Instagram and they were like, well, there's no cause to delete his profile. I was like, Okay. What? Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I've been doxxed. People have put my address online. Mm -hmm. I mean, I live in a gated community, so it's like, whatever. What are they going to do? But still. Yeah. Not, yeah. It's not comforting. It's not comforting to, you know, one of my cousins was like, <laughs> are you safe and stuff? Because, you know, she sees these messages and it's like, but for me, I'm, even if I, and I know it sounds really morbid, but even if I go down because of this, I don't really care. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but I, I met Larry Flint once and he started Hustler Magazine. He got yes. shot by like a very Christian, like, and he was like, I'll still say, and he was yelling vagina in the studio. Like, yeah. he's amazing. I'm not saying I'm like Larry Flint, but I'm just saying I'm not, I, there was a time where I was like, let me delete my Instagram. Let me like not do mm -hmm. it. And I was like, this is exactly what these people want. I'm not going to yeah. be quiet. Like, yes. I'm not doing it for you. So. Amen. Good Thank you, you so much for, Thank yeah, you. Thanks. for being you and sharing your message. And where can people, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they get more of you? Where can they sure. work with you? All of that. Yes, you can do whatever. Come and, you know, hang out with me. Uh, Amiri Yoss Official on Instagram and TikTok. And then I'm on Twitter as well, Amiri Yoss Tweets. And then I do confidence coaching. And then I, I have a masterclass for social media and like building your brand as well, if that's something that anyone's interested in. You are like the perfect person to teach about confidence. <laughs> I agree. Thank you. We cry a lot. But, you know, if you're ready to cry that because I feel like with confidence, people think I just wake up and I'm happy and I'm like, mm. I work at it. It's like a full time yeah. job. Like I don't go to the gym, but I work at being confident. Like it's a true yeah. it's like it's a full practice. Like you have to want because there are times where like I was doing a photo shoot and I was wearing a dress and I was like, oh, my God, everyone thinks I'm wearing a dress. Everyone thinks I'm ugly. Like everyone's going to like call me nasty words. And people walked by and they were like, you look gorgeous. And I was like, I'm this is in my head. <laughs> like this is in my head. This yes. is not them. You know, yes, yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Amir. Truly, everyone on Facebook is thanking you for the clarity, for the love, for everything, for being you. And um, we will put all of your links in the show notes of the audio episode. So everyone, just make sure you click there and follow Amir and go work with him and get some confidence. And just thank you. Thank you. And until next time, everybody, keep on blooming. Bye. Bye, everybody. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. <laughs>